And it's lights out, go, go, go. We are back for a race weekend in Sochi, Russia for the Russian Grand Prix. We are also doing this podcast live for a change. We are in the same room. Marco, how you doing? I don't uh, have to just talk to you over the phone. I know, there's no delay. You don't I'm, have to look at your beautiful face as we go through this. This is, a, yeah, a dream come true. Monumental uh, event for us, I think. So, good for us. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, what better time to do it than an awesome, awesome race weekend in Sochi. Let's do it. So let's get right into it to recap the outline of the episode. We're start with some recent headlines, different things happening in the world of Formula One. We have a very special highlight of our boy, Nikitita Mazepin, uh, for just a Russian highlight. We wanted to spotlight onto the Russian guy for the Russian Grand Prix. We'll talk a little bit about the track, the Russian Grand Prix, and the weather for this upcoming weekend, and get into our race predictions. So how about we just get into it? Let's get started. Let's bang away, baby. <laughs> Recent headlines. Uh, first up, we have a fourth version of the Halo coming out in 2022. I guess the FIA kind of looked at Grosjean's crash, um, and although, you know, obviously he got away fine with some burns, but they're just looking for ways to make it better. Um, I did want to bring up, did you see Hamilton getting chirped on social media? Because he had a post in 2017 when the first Halo came out mm-hmm. saying, like, I don't, you know, this, please, like, anything but this. This seems like such a, you know, bad idea. These cars look so much worse with this on it. And then he had a car almost crush his neck and was saved by the Halo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a, one of the few times that Lewis Hamilton is wrong in previous instances so yeah i think that um good thing that they didn't listen to him because we would probably be uh condoning his funeral right now yeah we would have two dead drivers within about nine months with yeah, Grosjean, yeah, so right good stuff all around um next up we have an update on the alfa romeo spot so guan yu the f2 wonderkind um if he finishes fifth or better in f2 he is going to take that spot for the alfa romeo uh alongside valtteri bottas um, thoughts here? I mean, this seems like you, you should definitely sabotage it if you're Giovinazzi. Yeah, absolutely. I think that maybe you're sliding some money uh, to other drivers in F2 to maybe a little bump and run on them. Yeah, get a little dirty. Uh, do what he can to stay in Formula 1 because this might be his uh, his last shot if this does not work out for him. Yeah, I totally got this wrong. I thought that Giovinazzi was pretty like beloved at Alfa Romeo. I thought he was kind of their wonder boy, especially after some good performances this year, but... Yeah, I mean, that's that's like, imagine imagine being an F1 driver and losing your job based off of somebody else's performance. It wouldn't be, like you said, it wouldn't be a bad idea to pay somebody, maybe at the back of the F2 mm-hmm. grid, just to be like, hey, fuck this guy's race up. We'll yeah. give you 10,000 pounds, dollars? Quid. Quid. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on, we have um, Fernando Alonso. Obviously, he is always in uh, having some snippets of uh, quotes. He says that Max, he thinks, is best on the grid. I feel like this entire year, these last couple of years, he's always been kind of throwing a little bit of shade at Lewis. I think there's probably a jealousy factor. He also says that he wants, um, he also said that he wants Schumacher's uh, seven world titles to to stay uh, number one. So I think he's kind of doing everything he can to take digs at him and you know keep that record alive. I, I know that was kind of his hero. So. Uh, Just, yeah, another quote that uh, we're used to seeing from him. We do see a lot of quotes from him, interestingly. And, yeah, you're right. It's like a – I mean, they used to be teammates, and I know they got into some kerfuffles back in the day, so I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Moving on, uh, Toto Wolff says that Mercedes need to condition – quote, condition and calibrate George Russell to avoid a repeat of Rosberg versus Hamilton. So that is a very nice way of saying that George is going to be Lewis's little puppy for the next couple years. (laughs) Um, and not really, I mean, this is just going to be kind of, 
Do you think it's going to be a Valtteri situation, or do you think, like, eventually they're kind of, like, midway through the season, they'll be like, all right, we're not going to dick you over 100% of the time? I think it is until Lewis is gone, probably, or Lewis is showing considerable performance reduction uh, yeah. in his drive until they make that decision. But, yeah, I love the, quote, condition and calibrate. That is the most, like, German, like, looking at someone like a robot and not a pe- person. We need to, yeah, check uh, check his tinkers and, and uh, schematic <laughs> All the way down, uh, down to the last nitty gritty. So, uh, yeah, love that quote from Toto. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have the Monaco GP. Uh, the format is actually changing next year. This has been uh, typically a four-day event with uh, free practice on Thursday. Friday is an off day for all the teams and the drivers, and then going back to qualifying in the race Saturday and Sunday. They're going back just to to do it like all other races. So Friday is free practice. They typically had done this because um, on Thursday night they have. All the teams, the drivers, the the visitors have a big party weekend, a big party day on Thursday, recoup on Friday. So uh, I think that was kind of the lure, the fun part of that. But uh, yeah, that is no more. Yeah, they also have that market in uh, in Monaco that's like every Friday, like no matter what. And so they had to plan around that. But yeah, it's going to, I mean, it's not going to change much, but it is, I mean, you know, I think all the F1 hardos were like, oh, but that's like, you know, that's part of Monaco is racing on Thursday. It's like, shut up. You're, you're an idiot. Idiots. Idiots. Fuck them all. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on, we have Charles Leclerc to start at the back of the grid in Russia due to a uh, power change unit. So it's going to be an updated hybrid system in order to get experience for that 2022 car project. Um, and as of this morning, since we're recording, Max Verstappen is also going to be joining Charles at the back of the grid. So that's a kind of exciting, like seeing these two. It was kind of like uh, when Valtteri started at the back and ended up on the podium in this most recent mm-hmm. race. Like there's going to be some some good overtaking opportunity in in Russia, and you know I think Russia has been known for not really having too much of that. So yeah, excited for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think you know so many of the races, there's always that focus just on the you know the front ten uh, throughout the race. So it's nice to see you know some focus towards the back, seeing Max and Charles probably passing up these cars. So really. You know, it makes the entire race, all drivers kind of focused on the entire race instead of just the top six or so. So, yeah, that's awesome to see and to see two of them on the back of the grid. So to kind of compare how each of these two do side by side going 19 and 20. Yeah. Can we get a prediction on when Max passes Mazepin? What lap? Turn two. (laughs) Turn two, probably. Probably right about that. Next up, we have Netflix's CEO made in the news by suggesting that the streaming service Netflix would buy F1 rights or would at least consider buying the F1 rights. Um, this is not going to be too much of a big deal for us. Like, I know, I think in Europe is where this is going to really hit home because Europe, I was, ta- I was talking to some people on Twitter actually. You have to buy Sky Sports, which is 60 pounds a month. That includes like soccer and all that too. Um, but yeah, 60 pounds a month versus I think I paid 60 for the whole year of mm-hmm. F1 TV. Um, that's going to be, you know, financial, I guess, de-stressor for them uh, over there across the pond. But, yeah, it could be dope for, like, just growing the F1 community, I think. Yeah, and I think the only thing that I'm worried about is are we going to still have mothers as their sponsor at the end of every single race? Which, I, I mean, I don't know what kind of revenue mothers is putting in <laughs> to be, like, the sole sponsor after every F1 race. But we need them to stick around. We do. They're an important part of our F1 weekend at the end of the race, all the end of all the drama you get to see. Oh, it was brought to us by Mother's Polish. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's got to be some hidden deal or some long-term contract that F1 is kicking themselves over to, to have them as the, the main sponsor for Formula 1. Signed back in the late 90s and they're like, fuck, we got to get oh, out damn, of Damn, this was a 50-year contract. This is an idiot. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, uh, I think last thing that we want to talk about is um, you know obviously in in Sochi, Russia, they're putting up all the the F one signs around. Uh, they have some tough time spelling. So uh, along the side of the grid, uh, we have you know the correct spelling of Pirelli all along. But uh, some of the main uh, posters across on top uh, was spelled Pilleri. Pilleri. Yeah, Pilleri. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. How it took them, I feel like you got to double check the spell check before printing off massive, <laughs> massive posters and signs for that. But, uh, yeah, I, I wonder if they're going to have enough time to make those corrections or not. So, uh, yeah, be on, be on the lookout during the race to see if there is any uh, other spelling errors along the way. Like, speaking of Mother's mother's Polish and the sponsorship, like, Pirelli pays quite a bit of money. And to be that's kind of a smack in the face to, like... I mean, realistically, they got two of the letters right. They got the first one and the last one, and all of the other ones are jumbled. You remember, do you ever see that post where Harvard did a study where it's like, oh, like, if you use, if you spell words incorrectly but have the first word right and the last word right, like, most people can understand it? Maybe that's what they were going for, like, just a little test to see. Yeah, maybe this is, like, a, a huge Harvard st- case study, again, to see how many people notice it and, yeah, what the problem is. But, uh, yeah, shame on them. Shame on them big time. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just do it. We should do the starting. All right, good stuff going over some recent headlines. Now let's move on to our golden boy, Nikita Mazepin, for a little bit of a driver spotlight here. Um, I did this one here, so Nikita Dimitrovich Mazepin is our boy. And we're going to start that over there. This one... All right, good stuff going over some of the F1 headlines and happenings in the F1 world. Moving on to our driver's spotlight, we got a special one for the Russian Grand Prix, the only Russian on the grid currently, Nikita Dmitrovich Mazepin. So ESPN just recently did kind of a focus, I think that what is behind, behind, behind the grid, beyond the grid? Beyond the grid. Beyond the grid. Behind the grid maybe for, for Mazepin. Just yeah, because I think they're actually updating the that for him is going to be behind the grid. <laughs> Yeah, they, they just did um, kind of like an insider scoop with him. So I'll try to cover things that aren't or weren't in there, rather. Um, but yeah, so let's let's talk about Nikita. Let's be honest. Uh, when you say Nikita or, or Mazepin, usually on uh, it's in a negative light or you're thinking about him kind of in a negative way, whether that's because he was, I want to say, accused? Maybe found out. I don't think you can be accused if you have it on video. Right. Um, of grabbing a woman's chest in a very unwelcome manner and posting it on social media. Maybe it's his spinning out that you know him from, the earliest of any rookie uh, to ever spin out or DNF in the, in the F1 debut. I think he made it. Do you make it three corners or two corners? I believe it was three corners, yeah. Three corners. Good for him. Um, you know him for getting in fights with his teammate, causing massive amounts of damage in those spin-outs and in those crashes um, to a team that is not really going to update that car, doesn't have the money to do it in the first place. Um, and they are, you know, he and Mick Schumacher are, of course, on Haas, the only team that has not scored a point so far this year. But Ural Cali has big letters, uh, you know, you'll see them big letters on the car. Um, that is Daddy's company, so he has a safe spot and has actually just confirmed that he's going to be racing with Haas this week uh, in 2022 as well. So um, I wanted to start off talking about Daddy. So Nikita's dad is Dmitry Mazepin. Dmitry Mazepin owns the mineral fertilizer company Uralchem, or Uralchem, however you say that. Um, it's a chemicals company that's a big stakeholder in Uralkali, which is a company that produces fertilizer. So 
Um, yeah, just mineral chemical fertilizer company that for some reason thinks that they're going to get some good exposure by sponsoring an F1 team. Um, you know, it seems super niche, but it's a very profitable company. Dimitri's worth about 1.3 billion. Uh, I think that was, I think that was of 2017. So I'm sure that's probably gone up since then. Got some controversy on him, just like any billionaire. Um, he has been accused of threatening people with an. In he has been accused of threatening people with instigating a criminal investigation unless the stakeholders of the company that he was trying to buy ended up like selling to him. So a little sketchiness there. Um, but uh, and also, you know, there was some controversy with him. So back when Ural Cali was going to buy or was going to be bought by Euralchem, uh, market observers were like, "Hey, wait a minute! Doesn't this mean that Dmitry Mazepin is going to become the largest stakeholder of the brand in its entirety?" Um, and that was the case, and that was how it happened. That's why we're, you know, he's the one calling the shots for sponsoring Nikita at this point. Um, but I mean, all that money is coming in. It's allowed Nikita to have some pretty significant financial backing, um, even starting into karting. So let's talk about karting now. Um, Nikita's racing career started internationally karting in 2011. You know, he made his car racing debut single seaters in 2014. So seven years that he's been in single seaters. Um, and still a pretty pretty young kid. So, um, 2016 was when he got into the Formula Three European Championship, and he really came in hot here. So, you know, aside from finishing 20th out of 20, maybe that sounds familiar when you think of Nikita Mazepin. Um, you know, last of all full-time entrants, not just the the part-timers. There was an incident with current F2 driver Callum Eilat, where Mazepin actually threw hands with Eilat after being blocked on track. Later on, after the blocking, he went up to him and. Uh, yeah, just put his you know put his hands on him. I think he actually landed a punch. So people were really upset about that. Seems like a case of just boys being boys to me. But um, that was 2016, 2017 uh, in the Formula Three Championship. He improved a lot. Like he was actually scoring some decent points. Got on the podium three different times. And instead of 20th, he ended up 10th in the championship. So one place behind uh, his teammate at the time. But that seemed to be kind of the aha moment where it's like, okay, this guy obviously he's got a rich dad, like a lot of people do, or you know, financial sponsorship. Um, but maybe he's not just absolute total garbage. And you know, 2018, after he was in Formula Three European Championship for two years, moves on to GP3 for ART Grand Prix, um, finished second in the championship, actually behind Antoine Hubert. So rest in peace, Antoine. Um, he, you know, kind of showed his chops. He was like, look, if I have a good car, then this is, you know, this is the results that I can produce. Moved on to 2019 after he, you know, in fairness, really did ball out for ART. He moved to F2 alongside Nick DeVry at ART. So uh, Nick finished winning the championship and Mazepin finished 18th. So can you imagine if like Lewis was, you know, winning the championship and Valtteri was like 18th? Like, I don't know how you keep racing, but... You know, that changed in the next year, 2020, he moved up to fifth place, four places behind the winner of Mick Schumacher for F2, um, and his, you know, Mick obviously being his uh, his teammate for the upcoming season. So, yeah, it's not like he wasn't improving, but obviously there's a lot of controversy just over whether this guy deserves a seat, but we all know, you know, if you know F1, that's not, deserve isn't really a word that comes up too much, it's, you know, it's whether or not you can pay. So, that's his on-track stuff, his racing career. Let's talk about the off-track stuff. Uh, going back to what I said earlier, um, this guy who has a face that looks like it was constructed by a Nintendo Wii has had his fair share of controversy. Most notably in 2020, December, he was caught uh, groping a girl, put it on his Instagram story, in the backseat, like this girl's in the backseat of the car, got her booby grabbed. 
um, unnecessarily and unwelcomely. Um, and yeah, he decided there was a good idea to post it on Instagram. At first, she came out saying that it was just a joke. Like she was like, "Hey, we're you know he does maybe like he does this all the time. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Cool Nikita. Yeah, but uh, but people were kind of throwing red flags, thinking that was probably some bullshit because uh, a few months later on social media, she posted something quote Never let them touch you again or be disrespectful to you. They don't follow each other anymore, so ties seem to be pretty severed there. Um, and yeah, this girl, especially after that social media post, really ignited Twitter. Um, and Twitter sought to really cancel him before the season even began um, because they thought, you know, seat should be given to someone else, Callum Eilat, for example, someone who's not as disrespectful as Nikita Mazepin. Um, but, you know, Haas puts out their typical PR apology, got deleted two weeks later, and, uh, and yeah, from then on, I feel like it's been, for the most part, like, successfully shoved under the rug other than the occasional, you know, hashtag we say no to Mazepin on Twitter, either in a tweet or in someone's bio, just to kind of you know, show that they are against sexual assault, which is good. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Yeah, take a stand. <laughs> take a stand on Twitter, Twitter warriors. Um, yeah, I was looking for stuff in his personal life just as far as like, hey, you know, off the grid or off the track rather, like, what's this guy get into? And I didn't find anything. So <laughs> I think that's probably on purpose to some extent, you know, whether his PR team thought it'd be best to kind of lay low for now or uh, just, you know, just because of the shit that happened on Twitter over the winter, um, there's just like not a lot on this guy, but some fun facts I did turn to his statistics to look at. He is the only rookie to finish in front of Lewis Hamilton on a race that Lewis Hamilton finished. Wow. I mean. Shocker. Beat the champ. Wow. Yeah, you can put that. That's a resume builder. Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. He was one of only five drivers this year to take home a fastest lap award. Which is super impressive in a Haas car. Dang. Wow. I, know. I mean, look at this. Yeah. Wow. Granted, that was Spa, and they didn't really race, so I'm not sure how that was given out. But, uh, yeah, statistically, another fact is statistically there is a 28% chance that if he, f- if he doesn't get taken out, um, statistically there is a 28% chance that he will DNF in all of his races. So, about, yeah, a little under a third. Yeah. Every... every third to fourth race once every three races you can count on him not getting across the finish line but when he does get across the finish line there is a 60 percent chance that he will be coming in last place yeah i think that uh that is probably the the biggest reason why we have a nikita mazepin count on using him as uh, who's gonna finish last <laughs> it's a bit I of think. a cheat code yeah. yeah yeah right yeah so yeah um <laughs> props to us for yeah really maintaining our our um integrity and yeah really not uh, hitting that home. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, so that's Nikita. Um, I feel like more stuff will probably end up coming out about him as stuff, uh, you know, this past winter gets more swept under the rug or forgotten about. There's always going to be that black cloud, I think, hanging over him. But you know, at the end of the day, he's seems like he's here to stay because daddy's still paying the bills for that Haas team. So Yeah, and I, I would like to add one more thing. I think he likes to hang out with people, uh, you know, similar characteristics. So I saw a couple weeks ago, he was hanging out with Chris Brown. Nice. So yeah, leaning into the skid of, you know, that <laughs> negative black cloud around him. And he just, you know, who cares about posting that? And, you know, I don't, I'm assuming he probably knows his history as well. I'm sure that was a, a talking point for both of them. Imagine being a PR worker for the Haas team and being like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you posted a picture with Chris Brown of all people. You know how hard we've been trying to get <laughs> rid of this problem? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, we uh, had an update on, on our our rooming sound, so I hope you enjoy that. 
Are you going to put this out? You want to just send it on this? Send no it, edit? No edit. I love it. I okay, love it. All okay, right. All right. Uh, yeah, so moving on, obviously, great background on the boy, the man, the myth, Nikita Mazepin. So talking about a Russian driver, we're going to move right along to the Russian track. So the Russian, G- G- so the Russian GP was 53 laps. It has 18 turns. Each lap is 5.85 kilometers or 3.6 miles for us Americans. This track, yeah, um, Americans... The first GP for Formula One was started in 2014, won by Lewis, and Mercedes has really had uh, good fortunes here at this track since 2014. They have won every single race at this track, so good for them. And uh, it's effectively, the track is effectively, a, the track is effectively a street circuit evolving around the internal roads of the park built in the city's 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi. If you're looking at the map of the actual track, your eye can't help but be drawn by this epic turn three. It's a 750 mil, it's a 750 meter constant radius left-hander taking the drivers around this really large, cool fountain. The rest of the track is pretty characterized as a series of 90 degree bends coupled by some rapid flowing straights. But the straights aren't really straight; they're a little, uh, you know, crooked in Wonky. some respect. Yeah, yeah. It's like the the designer was drunk when he was, and he was just, <laughs> it, yeah, or had a bent ruler when he was making this out, <laughs> something like that. But uh, it, it honestly, this turn three looks like this massive bubble coming into the middle of the track. Very, very weird. Never really seen this in another track. Uh, it is actually located in a great spot along the Black Sea. So Sochi is a, a huge summer destination for Russians. Uh, one of the top beach resorts for the summer for them. This has uh, two DRS detection zones. Uh, there's been several attempts over the years in Russia to have this track, uh, starting in, I think, like 2002 that they've been really trying and just nothing really ever hit. Uh, the Moscow race, there was a Moscow race, there was a Moscow raceway built in 2008 with the expectation of Formula One coming there. It ho- hosted some smaller tracks with Formula Renault 3.5 and 2.0 series. Um, Vitaly Petrov was Russia's first F1 driver in 2010, joining Renault, and I think this added a ton of momentum to actually get a race in Russia. To get a race in Russia, we saw some really great races there over the past couple years in 2014, including in 2015 a crash with Kimi and Valtteri in the last lap in a battle for third place. They both were DNF'd, and um, Sergio Perez came up in third place due to that. In 2016. Red Bull officially announced that they were dropping Daniel Kvyat. In 2016, Red Bull officially announced that they were dropping Daniel Kvyat back to Toro Rosso and giving Max the second seat. So the 28, or so the 18-year-old Dutch driver got his first attempt there. So uh, some history there. 2018, Valtteri got pole after his first win there. In 2017, midway through the race, they gave team orders to let Lewis pass. This got a ton of controversy, as we've seen just with people saying that this practice shouldn't be allowed and that, you know, if you are in lead with your own teammate, that they shouldn't be knowingly giving them the pass by. It's, 20, bull- yeah, right. it's bullshit. Like, I mean, like, if you're, obviously, if someone behind you is faster, you can give team orders to be like, you know, hey, you know, just like pass or like don't block him maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the whole like, hey, we want Lewis to win this instead of you, it's got to be pretty crushing. And yeah, obviously, I'm sure that's, played a new part of why he's pretty happy to get out of there. Right, yeah, and we always get the, the famous audio from, you know, Valtteri getting reached out by the pit crew, the, the race engineer just being like, Valtteri, hey, uh, got some bad news here. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry about this. You're, You're not, not going to like this. No, sorry about that. Uh, 2020, there was no race, and uh, yeah, 
just looking forward about the, the Russian GP in general, it's actually scheduled to be in St. Petersburg starting in 2023. So yeah, Sochi has its limited time in the Formula One in the, in the distant future. Then looking on to the weather, uh, very big, very big frowny face here. <laughs> Friday was pretty good, uh, high 64. It wasn't, you know, it was partially it was partially cloudy. Not much to do there. Saturday, 100% chance of rain. So that is a bummer. There has been massive rain all week. Uh, there has been kind of some standing water throughout uh, on the racetrack, but it looks like they've kind of cleared that up. Hopefully the rain isn't too heavy on Saturday. Sunday, more rain, 80% chance of rain there with a high of 64. And there's been, uh, you know, obviously last year there was a potential where they were pushing back the race from Sunday due to bad weather to maybe Monday. If that was the case and the potential there, doesn't look good as well because Monday <laughs> has a 90% chance of rain and a high of 64. So, yeah, we're going to get a probably a pretty sloppy weekend uh, with qualifying and the actual race. Uh, we initially were excited for uh, instances like that, but have been pretty scarred due to Spa a couple weeks ago. So we'll see what happens there. It's going to be it's going to be a, yeah, a little wet and wild here. Yeah, I and like this can add a good aspect, of course, into like races where, you know, generally so she's not really known as a place you can overtake well um so yeah obviously good but there's always that black cloud hanging over our heads of like fuck are we actually going to see this race or is this just going to be another spa but yeah man i'm i'm excited i think you know, we should see some fireworks it seemed like they were driving okay today and yeah obviously it'll it'll only get worse but we'll see how it goes hopefully we race hopefully we, that is the biggest thing hopefully we race and it's yeah it's not the uh, the four lap four lap race <laughs> hopefully we, we race saw. more than four yeah, laps exactly right. Awesome. <laughs> Let's move on to some race predictions for this upcoming Grand Prix in Russia. Um, as things stand right now, we are currently at 13 points for me and 11 points for Marco here. Um, I'm going to let you start out with our race predictions because I like your first one. Yeah, who do we think will crash our DNF? We have been talking about him all race. Or we have been talking about him all episode. It's Nikita Mazepin. I think, you know, with... Him being his Russian, you know, this is his home country GP. He wants to really, really, really outperform what he's what we're expected from him. And with that being said, I think he's just not going to make it. <laughs> I mean, like he has to win, or he not has to win. He has to like do something in his Grand Prix to get noticed. And so I think, yeah, crashing out in a spectacular fashion would be a way to uh, to really, you know, have your name in the papers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, you know, standing par right there. <laughs> what we're used to, yeah. <laughs> uh, for my DNF, I'm going to go with Charles Leclerc. No real reason here. I just think uh, with that new power unit, there could be a little bit of shakiness, and especially in the wet. Um, you know, I, I just that's where mine's coming from. But I hope he doesn't. I hope, I mean, Charles, Charles is a, like, I like Charles, and I like signs, and hopefully Ferrari has a better weekend than that. But for winner... Um, I think, you know, history shows that Mercedes wins at this track, so I'm going to go with Valtteri as my winner. Yeah, I think that is a great pick. He has been showing some great pace during free practice. Uh, with you picking Valtteri, I want to do a little different. I'm going to use my Lewis count, and I'm going to say Lewis gets it for number 100 on a race victory. So hopefully we can see that here. I think that would be awesome to see. Awesome. Last place, who do you have? I'm going to have Mick just because I had Mazepin as my crasher DNF. And I'm going to also uh, take last place for Mazepin. If he doesn't make papers for the crash, then he's going to make papers for uh, getting last place again. 60% of the time he finishes. Yeah. Last place. Yeah, so we're playing the odds there. Con I, absolutely. Consistency yeah. is important in, in Formula 1. Exactly, and he has 
loads of it. <laughs> so uh, for most overtakes, I'm gonna go with Charles Leclerc being him at the, for him being at the back of the grid. I think that you know, you have a great point with the with the new um, with the new Jesus power unit. Yep. Uh, yeah, with him having the new power unit, there could be some serious issues, uh, you know, some growing pains with that. But, you know, with being, him being 19 and being much faster than probably, you know, a lot of uh, people in front of him, that, you know, there's there's only signs for positive on that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Max also starting at the back of the grid. I have this bad feeling about it, though, because I feel like, you know, Lewis doesn't back down. And even if other people don't back down, like, in front of him, I just feel like the opportunity for him to hit somebody in Sochi is probably pretty good. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll keep that, uh, you know, in the back of our minds. Driver of the day, coming off of a win in Monza, I'm going to go with Danny Ricardo. I just think he's, you know, got his confidence back. He said he never left. I would probably uh, probably argue that he kind of did for a little while. Um, but, yeah, you know, I just riding the momentum, riding, like, the confidence, I'm going to give uh, driver of the day to Danny for me. Yeah, that is where I, I – we don't see I, – I, we've seen all year Danny – Showing those signs, and in the very next race, he doesn't get it out of Q- Q1 kind of thing. So, True. yeah, uh, hopefully that is wrong, and hopefully he does show some consistency that we've been begging to see from him, uh, which would be great to see. I typically uh, have been a double-down dog all year for a lot of these race predictions and has never hit, but <laughs> one of these is bound to hit. So driver of the day, I'm going to say Lewis, because if he does get race if no matter where he ends up, if he does win, he's got to get uh, driver of the day for getting number one hundred. So yeah, let's uh, let's double down on that. It's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, number one hundred. That's that's almost you a sure got, bet. You isn't got it? it right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah uh, moving on from douche of the day, brought to you by our favorite summer's Eve. <laughs> that was our new douche juice that we have been uh, experimenting with. Fantastic stuff. Be on the lookout for that. Well, how have you been experimenting with it? In, in like your favorite, like what's your favorite way to experiment with douche juice? I actually uh, clean the apartment with it. Really? Yeah, I know it's That's really what good. That smell is. Yeah, nice. no, it's awesome. It's awesome. Big fan of it. Um, what about you? Uh, yeah, I uh, I put it in my morning smoothies actually. Whoa, it's yeah, edible. yeah, it's edible. Cool. it cleans you out from the inside. Oh yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, start from the top, go to the bottom. I like that. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Max. He is. Yeah, I think Karma's a bitch from last week. Uh, a lot of uh, you know, obviously the the crash with with Lewis uh, had some issues with that. Um, and yeah, just I don't know. He's been having some just rude comments. I I'm I'm less and less a fan of Max as this year goes on. Uh, just. Just kind of rude. I don't know. Like he's he's got some very weird takes, uh, some hard hard takes. It feels like yeah, he's just like this Red Bull groomed to always just be I don't know like a nuisance and you know always have to even if something's obvious he has to you know disagree with it. So yeah, I I, I think I hope I'm right with it just to you know knock him down a peg a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that's been bothering me a little bit. Yeah, it'd be nice. And also, there's an opportunity here for Lewis to retake the drivers championship lead. And so, yeah, I think, like, you know, just based off of his comments, I actually have one here, uh, one of Max's comments that is, uh, says, there are a lot of hypocrites in the world, that's for sure. I jumped out of the car. This is when he was uh, getting pestered for not really checking on Lewis after a big crash. He's like, you know, I jumped out of the car, I looked to the left, and of course he's still trying to reverse, shaking the wheel, trying to get away from under my car. So I think he was absolutely fine. Here's the kicker. Also, flying on Monday or Tuesday to America to attend a gala, talking about the Met Gala, I think you only do that if you feel fine. I think, look, he's an asshole, he's a douchebag, 
I like him a lot still, <laughs> and like he's got a little bit of a point. That actually, yeah, I will back up. The, like him doing that and going through all that. Yeah, yeah, you can't like complain. You can't pull the like, hey, I'm still beat up from this. If you're gonna do that, go through all that extent to go to America, you you are fine. Yeah, and, and I'm sure he was, but at the same time, like you can be fine and still be a little sore. It'd be like a fucking car landed on my mm-hmm. head. So yeah, my neck's a little sore, but I'm still gonna go to this. You know, probably the biggest event for the year for him in terms of fashion. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, but regardless, we got off on a tangent there. You said douche of the days, Max. I'm going to go with Gio. Um, I can't get this Guan Yu Zhou thing out of my head that, like, if he finishes fifth, that's just got to be weighing on him so much. So I'm going to say that he goes for something that he probably shouldn't um, or, you know, maybe block somebody off just out of, out of frustration or kind of, like, high emotion and, you know, gets desperate, fucks someone over, and ends up going home with our wonderful douche package from Summer's Eve. Mm-hmm. Moving on, we have our fastest pit stop. I'm going to ride the hot hand with McLaren. They were fantastic last week, so yeah. Yeah, let's keep up the good work from them. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ferrari. I, I, you know, I don't think they've ever won this in the last like three years, so all, uh, all streaks got to come to an end at some point. Exactly. And uh, wrapping up our last, we have our wild card prediction. I'm going to say Alfa Romeo gets in the points, so hopefully Gio does not become douche of the day, or if he is, it's because... Of him getting into the points, yeah. or Kimmy had a couple of weeks off, maybe recalibrate his mind, and uh, yeah, show some promise there. Yeah, I think I mean, you can see Kimmy getting into the points. Like you know, he clearly doesn't really give a shit about Formula One at this point. So yeah, you can you know, nice and relaxed. You get those uh, get those points for Alfa Romeo that they desperately need because there's I mean realistically there's no way they're going to catch Williams after Williams get on a pretty lucky podium. Uh, my wild card prediction is going to be that I was thinking about this. Like, I didn't want to say that, you know, two or more cars would DNF. I felt like that was probably too easy. So I'm going to say exactly two cars are going to not finish this race or are going to not qualify. So thoughts? Thoughts on that? I think with this terrible weather, uh, we're going to see more than that. I think you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for race predictions, and that'll do it for episode thirty-one of the podcast. This has been really fun, man. It's yeah. you know doing live podcasts. There's a different vibe to it. Yeah, I'm exactly. The energy's this. higher. Yeah, yeah right, get to yeah. get to see your face yeah. more. It's nice. Yeah, um, we're gonna put this out unedited because fuck it, <laughs> we don't have time to do that this weekend. A lot of mistakes. A lot I of apologize. mistakes. Apologize. Yeah, a lot of. I, as you can see, uh, yeah, kind of the underbelly of what goes down. Um, I'm not good with people's last names, <laughs> yeah, so I struggle with that. So just heads up. You're welcome. Sorry. Yeah, uh, perfect. Well, I'm excited to put this out, the director's cut of this uh, of this episode here. Uh, I'm just going to send it out. But I've, as always, appreciate everybody listening. Hoping for a great race in, uh, in Sochi. Any last thoughts, Marco? No, we will be back next week. We're going to talk about this awesome, just positive vibe, awesome, awesome race that Love we it. have coming up this weekend. And, yeah, look forward to, to the upcoming races as well. All right, appreciate everybody listening. See you, assholes. See you, assholes.